You're listening to Stepping Stones of Faith. I'm Pastor Josh. I would like to invite you to embark with me on a journey, a journey of biblical study. Through practical application of the Word of God, it is my prayer that you grow in greater relationship with God through His Son, Jesus Christ. Please join me as we journey to the next Stepping Stone of Faith. Well, I'm gonna, we're going to go ahead and continue in the um, parables of Jesus today. We'll be talking about the parable of the lost sheep today, chapter eight, 18 of Matthew. Matthew chapter 18, verses 10 through 14. Jesus speaking here says, See that you do not despise one of these little ones. For I say to you that in heaven their angels, their angels always see the face of my Father who is in heaven. For the Son of Man has come to save that which is lost. What do you think? If a man has a hundred sheep and one of them goes astray, does he not leave the ninety-nine on the hill and go in search of the one which went astray. And if he finds it, truly I say to you, he rejoices more over that sheep than over the ninety and nine which never went astray. So it is, so it is not the will of your, of your father who is in heaven that one of these little ones should perish. Father, thank you for this word. Pray that you'd bless it. Pray that you would anoint our ears to hear. We thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, Jesus talking here a parable of sheep and shepherds and being lost. Of course, we know Jesus says of himself that he's the good shepherd, so he is giving himself that title of good shepherd because of the fact that he, in these parables, he used things that would be able to be understood by those of that day, of that culture. And so he used things like lost sheep and shepherds to help them to understand. But as a broader picture that he's giving us here, than just sheep and shepherds. He's giving us a broader picture of the Father in heaven and how the Father is not willing that any should perish, but all would come to repentance and back to him. See that you do not despise one of these little ones. And I'm picturing Jesus, and there's an old picture that you might have seen it. Jesus sitting under a tree with all the little kids on his lap and everything. And there's a part in, in, the, in the Gospels where all these little kids came to him and, and they said, suffer, get these kids away from him. And Jesus has suffered the little children that they come to me. And so I think this was a continuation of that. See that you do not despise one of these little ones. For I say to you that in heaven their angels always see the face of my Father who is in heaven. 
So little ones could also mean if you want to get a little bit down to, to this, could also mean people that are not of the faith yet or new in the faith. Babies, baby Christians. Don't despise the little ones. Don't despise the ones that are uh, having issues or having uh, being new in the faith and finding their finding their their depth there in the faith. For he says, for the son has, son of man has come to save that which was lost. In other words, he didn't come to save the ones that were already saved. He came to save the ones that needed to be saved. That's why he's called the great physician because he comes and saves those or ministers to those that need saving, that need healing spiritually. Come to seek and save that which is lost. I'm not lost. You're not lost. But there's people out here that are and Jesus came to seek and save those and that's our goal, our thing is to, is to find those, to, to minister to those, to do that what Jesus wants us to do. Why? Because it rejoices, God rejoices, the angels rejoice when people come to salvation. So what do you think? If a man has a hundred sheep and one of them goes astray, does he not leave the ninety-nine and go search the one which went astray? Now this, this is very interesting because this was a commodity for them. It was a livelihood to be shepherds. And it wasn't like, it wasn't like oh, I got a hundred, I lost one, it's no big deal. It's not like today. If they lost a sheep, then that was money that they couldn't earn because of that one sheep being gone. And so he's using that to help them understand that just as that one sheep is important to that shepherd, that one soul or that one who is lost is just as important or more important to the father because they, he is not willing that any would go astray. He says, and if he finds it, truly I say to you, he rejoices. Moreover, that the sheep, moreover that the sheep, than over the ninety-nine which never went astray. There's a portion of scripture that talks about the rejoicing in heaven, and I've heard it preached. Rejoicing in heaven that happens when we, when a person comes to faith. How that rejoicing is. We see that in. Uh, the prodigal son parable and we see that in this parable and we see it in other parables where the father throws a party and, and is so excited about his son coming home for he was dead and now he's alive again. Uh, the rejoicing that happens over one soul that comes to faith. It's a wonderful thing. It's a wonderful thing. He doesn't leave it away. He doesn't leave the sheep to go astray and to say, well, that doesn't matter. That's only one. Just like with us, he doesn't say, well, I'm here for the 90 and 9 and that one can just be over there. That person can be over there. He's fine. He's not, it's, it's just one person. He can, he can go. It's not, that's not what it's about with God. God wants us to understand that us as individuals are just as important as 
a group or a sect or a portion of Christendom that is saved. Those that are away from the church, those that have walked away because of hurt, those that have uh, went outside of their walk with God to follow other things. This is what happens. The lost sheep went astray. That kind of is what it's alluding to. Christians that go their own way for a time to pursue their own interests, pursue their own desires, their own things. God searches after us in a way that he pursues, not only searches, but pursues us to come back, to beckon us to come back. Now, if that sheep, talking about sheep now, that sheep, that shepherd had a hook on his thing, and if it was on his staff, and it, if it was down where he couldn't reach it, he would put that staff down there and hook it with that hook and pull it up. That's a picture of the reach of God. God can reach us anywhere we are. His hand is always outstretched, and it can ne we're never too far for God's hand. We're never too far for the reach of God to touch our lives and to touch our hearts, to beckon us to come back. Wonderful thing. Wonderful thing. So it is not the will of your Father who is in heaven that one of these little ones should perish. God is not willing that any should perish, but all would come to repentance. That's the person down the street. That's the person next door. That's the person in the store, in the grocery line. That's the person swearing at us, yelling at us, making fun of us. It's all those people. God is not willing that those would perish. Now, their choices, it's interesting how God, how that says that in the Scripture, that he's not willing that any should perish, but all would come to repentance. That doesn't mean that they're all going to come to repentance. That just means he's not willing that any, that any would perish. He's not willing. He'll do, all, do everything he can to get those to come back. He'll pursue. He will seek. He will do those things, but he's not going to make us come to faith. He's not going to make us go before him and repent, but he will pursue he will search. He will look. He will do everything he can to cause us to come back. But if he doesn't, if, if we don't, that is our choice. God has done everything. He has given up his son that we might have life. He seeks us every day. He searches us out every day. He searches our, our heart he beckons our heart to come home. He beckons our heart to stay firm every single day. And that response is our choice. He is not going to make us come to faith. He is not going to make us read our Bibles. He's not going to make us study the Word of God. He's not going to make us pray. But He's going to search. He's going to beckon. He's going to touch our heart. He's going to speak to our heart. Do we listen? Do we heed his call? Do we apply the changes in our lives? 
Are we one of those lost sheep? Are we one of those that when God says go forth or when God says come home, do we listen? Or do we have to come to ourselves? In Romans 1 it talks about God leaving the, those people to their reprobate mind. That does not mean that God gave up. That does not mean that God decided that they were not worth it anymore. There was a point in which everyone wanted their own thing. And God said, okay, you want it? Here you go. You can have it. Just like the prodigal son story. I want my, I want my inheritance. I want to go do my own thing. So the father gave him that. He lost it all. But he came back to the father. And he was rejoiced. And, it was, and he was rejoiced, rejoicing that he came back. One of those things that God wanted to do with that situation of leaving them to the reprobate mind was that particular principle, that they would come back to him and realize the error of their ways and come back to God. Sometimes we feel like we've done too much, we've gone too far. We've been there, I've been there. I've been there, and I know many, many of us have been there. But we understand that God has his arms outstretched, and he's willing to take us back. He's willing to take us back. It's not an easy stride, but he's willing to take us back. The enemy uses our faults and our failures against us, <clears throat> especially when we walk away from the love of God. He will use that against you. He will re bring to remembrance those things that you've done or that you've said to others or to God to try to draw you away once more, to try to isolate you and, 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 and fill your mind with things. But God has forgiven. God does forgive. And we have to tell the enemy it's forgiven and that it's done with. It's over. Yes, it's difficult. Yes, we might live with guilt. Yes, we might live with pain from our situation. But God has forgiven. The Bible says that he throws it as far as the east is from the west or it is great a sea of great forgetfulness. That means he never remembers it anymore. I did an illustration a few weeks ago. If you go on a globe and you go east to west, you'll always be traveling the same direction. But if you go north to south, you'll sooner or later go north and then south. And it's interesting how the east from the west, you're always going east. You're never really going west. So how far is that? How far is the east from the west? It's unfathomable. And that's a part and that's a purpose. There, there's a purpose for that. So that we understand that God's forgiveness and his forgetfulness is unfathomable. The lost sheep. Very important principle. 
We are sheep. But we can, we can make sure we're not sheep who has gone astray. We should not go astray. We should be ministering to others, talking to God, praying, reading the word, praying to God, studying the word. A person of prayer, a person of repentance, and a person of the word of God. We must be those three things. I've said it before, maybe last year, or beginning of this year, if you're not, if you're not three of those things, you're not one of those things. If you're not a person of the word, how can you be a person of repentance? If you're not a person of repentance, how can you be a person of prayer? Because it all goes hand in hand. God uses his word to encourage, to uplift, but also to bring judgment, which then should bring about repentance and application, which then should bring about prayer, and which then should bring about all these other things, a new life in Christ. If we're missing one of those three, we're missing all three. They all work hand in hand. Are we little sheep who've gone astray? Or are we sheep who's following? Are we part of the 90 and 9? Are we part of the 1? Are we the 1 that's gone astray? Going astray sometimes is not physical. Going astray can be emotional. Going astray can be mental. Going astray can be spiritual. Our spiritual goings astray. A lot of things that can pull us astray in today's day and age. Our understanding of internet, the inception of internet, and the higher speeds of internet. You can access all kinds of things on the internet. Anything you want to see, you can probably find it on the internet. That is one way and the biggest way that people go astray. Not for nefarious things necessarily, but for things like streaming services or Facebook or YouTube pull us astray. God might be beckoning us to spend time with him, but yet something else is more important or something else has our attention. We can go astray in those situations. Left unchecked, left unrepentant, that going astray can then lead us back to a place of, of sinful behavior and iniquity. Are we one of the 99 or are we the one who's gone astray? Commercials on internet or television are geared to sell something. And if they're geared to sell something, usually they use things that are provocative in order to sell them. They can do those things and lead us astray. There are ads on social media that are geared to your search history, which means they can pull you astray from what you're doing. Facebook, for example, scrolling through, scrolling through Facebook on a normal day. You've done your devotions, you've done your prayer time, you're checking in. You see ads for things that you've searched for in Google because they want to pull you astray and make you buy something. Very interesting how those things work. So there's things vying for our attention continually. 
things vying for us over here and over there and God wants us centered here and yet we're over here and over there and back here in the past or thinking about the future or thinking about the present in another sense but not with God. He says, center yourself. Don't be, a, don't, be one of, don't be the one. Be part of the 90 and 9. If we, come, become part, if we become that one, believe me, he will search and he will search and he will search until he finds you. And he will beckon you to call. He will beckon you to answer. But if you don't answer, that is on you and on me. It's not on God. It is on us to answer. And the answer is our choice. If we choose to not beckon to God and we say, no, God, I don't want to be part of you anymore. I want to do my own thing. That is not anything God has done. That is something that we have done, something that we have allowed in our lives to put us in that position. That usually means that as a person who has not been a person of, a person of repentance, prayer, and of the word. Something is amiss when we say, God, I don't want to be part of you anymore. I want to do my own thing. Or I've believed in this particular way of thinking. Or I've believed in that particular way of thinking. I don't believe this anymore. I believe this now. That is, a, that is not on God. God has not done anything wrong. It is us that is wrong. It is us that has turned our back on God and not God turning his back on us. That's what that is. And we must understand that. And God will beckon. God will put us through things to allow us and give us the opportunity to come back to him, to come back to faith in him. God will put us through those things in those times in order that we can come back to God we read about Pharaoh. Those plagues were not to punish. Those plagues were to allow Pharaoh to turn. But Pharaoh hardened his heart. It says in there, God hardened Pharaoh's heart. I always wondered why. But God didn't do that to punish necessarily, I believe. I believe God was doing that to do, one of, do a couple things to show Pharaoh that he was not God, that God was God, and also to persuade him to turn to God, which he did not do. So he was left to his reprobate mind, and unfortunately he perished in that way of thinking, in that mindset. But God beckons us every day, come back, come back, come back to me. Just open your Bible and read. Spend some time with me. God does that every day. At least he does for me. Every day he says, spend time with me. Walk with me. Read my word. God desires for us to be with him. To not be the one that's went away, but the, one, but the part of the 90 and 9 that are with him. That's what he desires. That's what he desires. So my challenge this week, a little bit short this week, my challenge this week is to get back with God. 
as much as we can. I know we're with God, we're, we walk with God, we read His Word, but there's always room for improvement. I know that. That's one thing that we were taught in, in any job I've had or any managerial training I've had, even ministry training, to recognize that there's always room for improvement. There's always room to do more, to grow more, to, grow, to go farther than you went yesterday. So I want to beckon us to do that this week. Go farther with God this week than we did last week. Have a greater relationship with God this week than we did last week. Allow God to minister to us, minister through us to other people, and just be able to touch lives for the glory of God. Amen? That's what God would want us to do. To be part of the 90 and 9, that's what we have to do. If we're not, we're the one who eventually will go astray. I always think about those sheep, and sheep are pretty much dumb animals anyway, but I think about sheep, but also like when my kids were little, you know, like that, anything can get their attention. A butterfly, talking to them about something, butterfly goes over there, they see out of the corner of their eye, they're going to go chase that butterfly. Doesn't care what I'm saying, they want the butterfly. Or if I'm sitting there trying to eat dinner, they're, we're eating dinner, and they see that there's cookies on the counter, they want the cookies. They don't care about the vegetables and the fruit and all that. They want the cookies. They want those things. They don't want what's in front of them. God is in front of us every day saying, pay attention to me. And some of us are saying, I want the butterfly, or I want the cookies, or I want... Some of us are saying those things. And God is saying, focus on me. Focus on me. God does give us the times when we can enjoy the cookies of life or the butterflies of life. But God wants us to primarily focus on Him. Focus on His Word. Focus on His way of, His will and His way of life so that we stay attached to the vine, that parable, being attached to the vine. We need to stay attached. We need to stay with God. We need to understand that. We need to give that importance in our life. So that's my encouragement to you this week, my challenge, that we try to do that more. We try to be more with God than we were last week through prayer, through, through word reading of His Word, through other things, learning about God, learning the Word. That's my challenge for you this week. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you today, Lord, for your grace and your mercy. Thank you, Father, for your blessing. Pray that you administer to us and give us strength. Bless us by your Spirit. Help us, Lord, to acknowledge that, Lord, sometimes we are the one that goes astray. But, Lord, we ask for forgiveness for that. And we ask that you'd help us to, be, to continue to try to, to draw, draw closer to you because we know if, you draw, if we draw close to you, you draw close to us. Help us to be the, the 90 and 9 and not the 1. Father, bless us and minister to us. Thank you for the blessings of this past week. We pray that you'd give us blessings this week. Give us the ability to minister to other people. Give us the ability to 
touch lives by your spirit and help us to grow in grace and knowledge of you and grow closer to you this week than we have in the past. And we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to Stepping Stones of Faith. If you find value in this content, please consider subscribing. You can also find an audio podcast of this video on all the major podcasting platforms. Just type Stepping Stones of Faith into the podcast search bar. Once again, I'm Pastor Josh. Thank you for joining me today. God bless.